0: Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show. Guys, girls, today is episode number 63. It is the first week of March 2021, so that is really nice. Uh, we're And we're starting to get into it now. I mean, the racing schedule is underway we have racing to prepare for, we have racing to to compete in, and also to talk about, which just gets me fired up. Um, I am uh, also pretty excited that we got through last week's Shakedown test. We got that out of the way. And at this point, um, if you don't speak up um, and the sound quality isn't quite what you were expecting, um, you know, this is going to be on you. I mean, it is... uh, it's, it's your time to speak up so we get this tweaked correctly. Um, you know, it is speak now or forever hold your peace time. Um, in my case, there were a bunch of people standing in a church that had an opportunity to do that several years ago, said nothing, and um, I dealt with the consequences. So um, here's what I'd like you to do. Do it now. I mean, if it doesn't sound right, just let me know um, because uh, I want it. To uh, be perfect, I want the quality um, to be great, just like the, you've always come to know here at the Fast Brackets podcast. So, um, if it if it sounds uh, you know not quite right, let me know. If it sounds perfect, then uh, do me a favor and let another racer know that you uh, you like the show and like the way it sounds. Um, I am also going to do a better job um, of getting the word out about the Fast Brackets Nation this year, but I'm going to need a little help from you guys. Um, that's why I ask about the sound quality. Um, but uh, honestly, any reposts, any comments that you make on Facebook, Twitter, etc., um, they all help. Um, I don't completely understand the algorithms, but the computer nerds do. And they are the ones who push out the posts and move me up the rankings and all that stuff, so more and more people can hear about drag racing and about our two great classes. So um, appreciate that if uh, if you would help me along the way this year, um, you know. And I will say this: um, I did get some feedback. Most of you were highly complimentary. Um, a few of you were a little agitated with me for uh, not putting out as many episodes as you'd like over the winter, um, you know. And I, and I can deal with that criticism, um, uh, we, but we're back and rolling now, and I appreciate all you guys for doing that. Uh, um, now, there were a couple of you that had some feedback that um, wanted me to stick, uh, quote, unquote, things in my pie hole. Um, And truthfully, I didn't appreciate that, uh, but I've heard worse. So, you know, I'm going to move on. Um, Guys, girls, here in Indiana, March means high school basketball state tournament, which means that the winter is almost over. Um, We don't do the groundhog school of weatherman here. Um, It just, uh, we just just find out where the state tournament is going on, and that's when we know that uh, winter is over. So all of this has me in a better mood. And I cannot wait to talk racing with you today. Um, there's a lot to cover. There is a lot to cover in this episode. And I have two great guests for you. First of all, J.P. Miller. He is a top sportsman, racer, and promoter. He's going to come on and talk um, his, his path here, which I'm real excited about. And then Casey Beckmeyer um, of Going Bracket Racing is going to come on and talk a little bit about what he's doing for really the the newbies and the first timer guys, um, they're just getting started in bracket racing. So uh, I am really excited to have these two dudes on. I can't wait to get to it. Um, so let's go, let's go. Get to doing whatever it is you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute to work. Clean your shop. Get to work on that old heap. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on. Get strapped in. Because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. Uh, the big news of the week the NHRA announced that it is preparing for expansion of electric vehicle racing, and it calls for manufacturer and industry input uh i don't love this for a couple of reasons but i understand some of it so let's break this thing down a little bit first of all my thoughts on racing a juiced up golf cart are fairly well documented Uh, but hear me out Um, initially It feels like a play to encourage the retirees in Florida to stay out past 5 p.m. and tear up their battery-powered golf carts instead of playing pickleball. That said, I'm not unaware of the massive torque that these things can push out and that new technology is the lifeblood of drag racing. So I'm listening. I am listening and trying to keep a very open mind about all this stuff. However, assuming we can only put them on the Charger for so long between rounds, I'm not sure how a silent dead tie of a race looks like to fans paying with their tokens to watch. I mean, if the atmosphere doesn't affect the power range anymore... And, you know, we'll get them sorted out pretty quickly from the suspension side. Um, So that isn't the deciding factor. Um, Aren't all the cars going to run the same ET? Um, You know, maybe there's something I'm missing here and I'm happy to learn through this process. But on the surface, there is still lots to sell me on before I get excited about this. Additionally, Uh, the release of this information and that they are preparing for expansion and, you know, the subsequent call for manufacturer input is really just a, I think, in my opinion, a marketing questionnaire for the fans. Uh, So let me unpack this. First, there already is a new class protocol for how the association would unveil a new class, or at least I'm assuming there should be, So this press release doesn't truly move the needle in that regard. Also, the NHRA doesn't need to send a press release to the manufacturers to get their input. I mean, they've got all the bigwig sellies in hand. They can just pick up the phone and have a conversation if they want to about that. Generally speaking, it is not overly important to release news that you're going to make some phone calls. Unless what you're really doing is just releasing the news and watching the so- social media response to see if the Gen Pop is ready for full-size RC racing. Personally, I'm not. Uh, nothing about that sounds, and, and I emphasize sounds here, overly enticing about replacing big block Chevys with big block batteries but I am trying to keep an open mind about that and I certainly am not on the cutting edge of battery powered performance. So if anyone can fill me in on why I should be pining away every night about the future of racing a big iPhone with wheels, please let me know. I would be glad to discuss it further. All right, let's put this thing in the beams with us today from staunton virginia he drives what i consider to be one of the most underrated race cars of all time a 1996 chevrolet beretta um, he is one of the young and uh upper comer drivers slash promoters in our midst and i'm so fired up to have him on to start the year this year welcome to the show jp miller jp how are you today man
1: How you doing i'm doing great man thank you for having me
0: no thanks for coming on I, listen you've been working your tail off uh to promote a race so I, I wanted to hear all about that but before we get there um take us way back and and talk about how you got started in drag racing man
1: um way back i've been going to the drag strip uh ever since i can remember man my dad always took me i, I think i was I had to been younger than five years old when we first started going. And, and it, it was just like what we did on the weekends. Like, it, it, to me, being at the drag strip was normal life. Um, I, I I used to be in school and hear other kids talk about, like, going on vacation and going on – and I, I, I didn't – we didn't do any of that. But we always went to the drag strip. So, I, I thought that that was just what everybody did. Like, I didn't even – I never really even went on vacation – until after I got older and got married and my wife was like, All right, look, we gotta go on vacation and I was <laughs> right. like, well, we go racing and she was like, No, we gotta do something besides racing and she loves it, but she's like, Sometimes we gotta do some stuff besides racing. So right. it's just been, you know, from 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 way back when my dad they they him and some of my cousins they race motorcycles. And okay. uh so we were kinda always at the local track and every weekend we were somewhere racing and uh we got to the point when I got older, when I was like 19 and I wanted to race and I wanted to race bikes. And I kept finding all these bikes for us, like that were built drag bikes or so bikes. We could, you know, build into a drag bike. And my dad kept saying, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. And, 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 and I got the idea. I was like, I don't think he wants me to race a bike cause he actually wrecked uh, one at okay. our local track. At, and so I said, uh, I asked him one day, I said, are you uncomfortable with the idea of me racing a bike? And he said, yeah, I just don't know if I can watch you go down the track. And I said, well, how about a car? And he said, I would be more comfortable with that. And that's probably one of his biggest regrets because I went wide open from there. And we got a car in 96. <laughs> um, first car was a 72 Nova. Got it back half to Just, you know, run a mill bracket car, 468, and we ran that. Ran that for years, and um, it just exploded into the car we have now. The Beretta, we got that in two thousand five, two thousand five. I think we got this car, and um, just exploded into what we have now, man. And 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 uh, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to do it. My dad's seventy three, so I'm fortunate to be able to do it with him. We butt heads sometimes, but I I couldn't without him and my wife and, and my daughter. I I couldn't do this. So I, I'm just. Glad that we're still be we're able to do this as a family and you know, that's kinda kinda what we do. It's just like it's just our normal life. I mean Right. Racing is, is just what we do.
0: <laughs> right, right. No, I can relate to all that. Uh the uh you know having your dad kinda uh not being overly comfortable in some situations, button heads, loving going together, all the stuff, man. Like it is uh it's all part of us. That that makes a lot of sense. Um and so Tell every, all our listeners then, what track was that that you grew up going to?
1: I grew up going to Eastside Seaway in Waynesboro, Virginia. That was the track that – that was the first drag strip that I ever went to. That was the first drag strip that I ever went down. Um, and that's where I cut my teeth. And we raced there for years. Um, and, you know, back in the day, that it used to be – it used to be the happening place. They have the um, – they had the funny cars every Easter and they used to have pro stocks come in on Friday night. And it it just used to be, you know, I just love it, man. Um, I would be just as a kid, I was just there on the fence watching my dad and and them guys race motorcycles and watching all the local guys um, race, uh, race the cars. I mean, some, 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 some big names came through there. I sorry, mainly IHRA guys, but like uh, when I was a young uh like the ewing brothers they came through there with their pro stock car uh party time harold Denton. it was like one of my favorite cars of all time that came through there um used to come down and run all the time uh bunny burkett god rest her soul of course she was she was always there on easter always a, a big big hit always a big crowd when she was there so yeah that's 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 where we came up racing at, man we raced there for years and then we just kind of branched out um to other other facilities in Virginia. And, you know, we race some in North Carolina. We race some in, in Maryland. Just uh, wherever we feel like we can fit in, we try to go.
0: Right, right. Well, talking about fitting in, tell us about that Beretta of yours. I mean, I, I'm a Beretta geek, so I want to hear all about it.
1: Uh, Yeah, 96 Beretta. Um, when we first got this car in 05, I basically just took the driveline out of my Nova, and uh, we actually traded. It was kind of crazy. Um, Matt Hagan's dad, they, they had a – I don't even know if they still have it, but they had a race car, like a race car dealership. They're in the automotive world, but they had, like, a race car dealership. I
0: kind of remember and that. Yep. The
1: first time I I saw his car, um, actually some guys that I know had it. And uh, we were at a race at the end of the season, and I was like, hey, man, where'd y'all get that car? And they were like, well – we'll get rid, get rid of it. We, we're going to get a Drax. And I was like, if y'all going to sell it, let me know. So they never called me. And another guy ended up buying it. And then he took it down to, um, Hagen and he traded it. And I found out it was there. And I emailed him. was like, man, what do I got to do to get this. I got this back half Nova. I want this car. This, that, and third. So we worked out a deal and I traded him my car, some cash his way. And we went and picked it up and I took the drive line out of, out of my car, put it over into this car and we went and started running it. And, uh, it was a 512 cubic inch motor at that time in my head in my Nova, yep. which was way too much motor for a back half car with no dash bar, no X in the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right. we we put it in this car and, 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 and it ran it ran decent. I mean, it ran you know it would run in the 530s, 540s, and uh, it was consistent, fairly consistent. Um, and then we ran it like that for a couple of years, and then we decided to uh, step up and we put a 555 in it and we put the 555 in it and we started running a local top sportsman series around here Um, and we started doing some quick eight stuff at another track around here which was for around here was quick Um, and we had some decent success and then you know put a little bit of nitrous on it put a plate on it and it just kind of went from there and uh a little bit's never enough, right? Little bit's never, never enough. <laughs> right. So yeah. So twenty seventeen, um uh we decided to build a five eighty two, uh eighteen degree hit at five eighty two. So we put that in the car and uh we didn't get the car to like halfway through the season. Um uh, went and tested and the car ran pretty good, responded good, um took the power. Uh showed up the next week at the at the next race and i had like seven passes on the car and had a malfunction with a a transmission cool line and stuffed it into the wall at richmond Uh, Dragway.
0: yeah that hurts just hearing about it um yeah i can relate to that brother um but you put it back together though right i mean you've got that thing back and Uh, rolling uh, now
1: yeah yeah we um we came home, and I'm going to be honest with you, I was depressed. Um, we unloaded the car, and, and, and I just let it sit in the shop at my house. And, and my dad kept calling me like, you want to come up? I want me to come over. We'll pull the motor and transmission out of it. And I just kept saying, I don't want to do it today. I don't want to do it today. So I, I let it sit for, like, three weeks. I wouldn't even come in the shop. Couldn't even look at it. Mm-hmm. It, it was the weirdest thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm not a big, big emotional guy like that, but it was, like, the weirdest thing in the world. I, I just didn't even want to see the huh. car. And then we finally took it in uh, – it over to, to Dave hunt and they cut the front of it off and redid it. And, uh, we made it a whole lot more modern, moved the motor up and did some other upgrades, put some more bars in it. Um, and, uh, I went and picked it up, came home and I finished it. I did like the wheel tubs and some of the other stuff. I did all the wiring and plumbing on it and put the engine back in it. And we came back out in, in, in 2019 and we ran, um, and we didn't do too bad in 2019, um, and then last year, you know, 2020 was uh, yeah, rough for everybody, <laughs> right? <You> know, <laughs> yeah, we're we going to talk about yeah. that, man. <laughs> yeah, no, we no. had some. We had we we were fighting issues with the car, and I finally got to the point. We we went to PDRA um, in the middle of the summer at at, at, uh, at VMP, and just didn't really do good. Um, car didn't run good. Broke rocker arms just just one of those weekends it was a thousand degrees out and it just sucked and we were coming back up the road coming home and my wife was like what are you gonna do and i was like i'm gonna take it completely apart and i'm gonna find out what's wrong with it so basically that's what we did and i went through the whole car front to back changed some stuff in the suspension freshened the motor i found some issues there converted it because it was the car was on alcohol i went back to gas uh and now it has two stages of nitrous on it. Um <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> We're gonna try our hand with this 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 uh this year and we're we're hoping to have some have have some success. Um so with uh, the with the yeah. new
0: with the new changes and going through it, what's your uh ET guess for that thing? What what are you shooting
1: for? <sighs> I would like to be able to be in the four forty range. Yeah. Um and 30s if i it, leaning on it real hard 30s is where i like to be yeah well
0: that uh th- i mean that's that's a heck of a ride and that you know it's not the elite the pdra but the, the, those guys are essentially pro mod cars now so um I right mean, that, that 440 range will uh you know get you in almost everything now right i mean that's a yeah that's if a i can in get
1: into the regular I mean but if i can get into the regular i will be happy um yeah I, I qualified once the first pdr race i ever went to i qualified and then the second one i went to i didn't so <laughs> if, if yeah. i can make it into the regular side i will be extremely happy that'd be a big Thompson for me yeah
0: yeah well, we're, we'll uh wish you luck to get that done um and that I'm excited you got that thing back together and kind of way you want it and and give it a rip here this year in 2021 um but the other thing I got to ask you about since I've got you on the show you got into the promotional side of of this sport as well talk to us a little bit about how that came about and you know what's going on there with you
1: well um it's something that I have been trying to do for a few years um like I said, we run a local top sportsman series around here, and, and, and I will continue to run that, And but it, it just... It, that's kind of a 32-car field thing, and when I was younger, the top sportsman races were always quick 8s or quick 16s. Right. And it always brought a crowd, and then they kind of went away from that, and I always thought to myself, man, it would be nice to bring that type of excitement back, and I just kind of feel like that's what was needed in this area so uh my partner Rondell and i we started looking at it and we kind of threw together a quick 16 at the end of last year at custom Tees motorsports park and we we threw this together in like a week oh wow and you know it 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 was it was i would say it was fairly successful um i put up a little bit of money for number one qualifier we didn't have we didn't have we had very very few sponsors and 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 so I put up a little bit of money for number one qualifier, and the, and the event went off, and, 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 and we got to talking, and I said, "Man, I wonder what we could really do if we really got a date and had time to really promote." It. Right? Yeah. We can and I'm I'm not a promoter by any means, and you know we're racers. He he's a racer. His family owns a car, and you know we just racers. But at the end of the day, you know I look at it from the perspective of what would I like to see rolling into the track when I pay my entry fee, what do I think the fans would like to see and what's gonna be good for the track. So you try to take all of that and and and, and combine it and and make it into something good for everybody. Right. Um and it's a lot of work. <laughs> I've come to find out it's a lot of work. So we just um we went to a couple of tracks and we didn't get <laughs> I don't think we got taken real serious at first. Um custom tees gave us a shot basically uh uh, my buddy Wesley Washington he's he's heading up the bracket program there this year so he basically came to me and he was like look they'll give you guys a shot but it's gonna be the risk is gonna be on you and I said that's fine so we, we just went to work and I mean honestly without Rondell I couldn't do it man he Rondell is is like he's on the phone he's on the email he I think he's got a damn Carrier Pigeon and Tony Express over there, because he's calling people for, um, you know, he's he's getting in contact with sponsors, and he handles a big part of that part of it, and I handle basically the race format and working with the track and trying to figure out when and where and how we're going to do things. And we were just looking to do this one race, and, and it's basically exploded into, you know, that's where we started up we came up with the jnr promotions because it's basically it exploded into this um so we've you, gotten unbelievable support
0: well, so um, you run a maybe a series or a couple different races there this year then if oh, goes i'm
1: i'm i'm actually glad that you invited me on because we're gonna break a little bit of news on your show if I, I
0: love it If you don't love this yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so in addition to april 3rd at custom tees motor park we also have another quick 16 event June 5th at motor mile dragway. Okay. Um, and then we also have at the end of the year, uh, October 1st through the third, um, we're running alongside of their supercharger showdown at MDIR Maryland international dragway. We'll have a quick 16 there too. I love it. And all of this kind of spawned off of the April 3rd race. I
0: love it. Folks, you get it here. You get breaking news all the time on the Fast Brackets podcast. I love this. Hey, that, you yeah, know what? But we
1: had, um...
0: That's great, man, because you, you guys have been. I've been watching you, and you guys uh, have been working your tails off, and um, you, you got some decent sponsors, right? Walk us through the sponsor list uh, for at least your, your oh, first yeah, show on April um... 3rd.
1: April 3rd, um j r Promotions, Easter Shootout, Top Sports quiz 16, uh, presented by Blue Mountain Brewery. Um, we have uh, Dave Hunt's Race Crafts on, vo- on board, uh, Ronnie Hoy's Automotive, uh, AED Custom Graphics, Charlie Buck Racing Engines, uh, Thomas Will Alignment, Billy Albert's Racing Engines. Uh, let's see. I got a bunch, man, so it's <laughs> don't mean to uh, no, go, go for body shop. Yeah. Um Junior's Tire and Auto, Riverside North Grill, uh Terry Jordan's trucking, tanks and Jones' trucking, Pete's Barbershop, Marty Ra- Marty's Race Cars. If any of y'all know Marty Dabney, that's his company. Uh Trucking, Steve's Fast Fields, uh Company called Small Blocks Unlimited, ran by a guy named Mike Shelton. Um my buddy Lucian Yates is Yates Detailing, Pibbs Taven. I'm sorry, uh, Tib Spavin. Uh, guy, this guy's out of Canada. Joe Van O, he sells parts and, I, and he sells composites. Okay. Um, he came on board. Uh, TRC Carburetors, um, Induction Solutions, big, big time. You know, they came on board and they're sponsoring our number one qualifier, and we're paying five hundred to number one qualifier. Oh, um, that's fantastic. Which is huge, and uh, so we decided that you know everybody gets number 1 qualifier gets all of the glory so what, what we decided to do is uh, if you can take out the number 1 qualifier uh Brandon Page from Page Racing Engines is going to give you $300 so if you beat the number 1 qualifier at any point in the race you're getting $300 just for doing that That's if huge. you beat him in the first round and you don't do anything else you're getting $300 but if now if nobody beats him and he wins the race he's getting a five plus the three, plus the purse. So,
0: that makes it worth it. Then makes it, you know, yeah. puts a little juice on that. I like it.
1: I like it a lot. Um, um, and we we got some bonuses for best losing package and best winning package. Um, comp cams came on board. And if you go double O, I'm not comp cams, I'm sorry. Uh, comp tech. Wow, I, I can't believe I just said it. <laughs> um, but Computech, Computech came on board. And uh, if you go double O and did on and win, or dead on with a zero and win you're going to get a plaque from Computech and a hundred dollars. Huge. Um, so we got some neat stuff, man. Um, we we're, we're still working on a lot of the stuff in the purse structure for the other two races, but we do have a title sponsor. Uh, if I could just shout them out real sure. quick. Yeah, um, absolutely. Buck racing engines will be the title sponsor for the race at motor mile on June 5th. Um, and Atomizer Field Systems will be the title sponsor for the race in the race in October at MDR. Um, I know I'm forgetting somebody. I'm trying to make sure I get everybody in because I know somebody's gonna be like, "You didn't say nothing about me." But uh, <laughs> I'm just—it's—it's a—it's a growing list of sponsors, and um, we—we've been trying our best. Uh, I've been trying our best to, you know, plug everybody every day. I try to do like little individual sponsor um, profiles right. and stuff. Yep. Just trying to give them their money's worth, man. Because I've had a, I've had a couple of them reach out to us and say they appreciate what we're doing and they spent a whole lot more money for advertising than this and didn't get what we're giving them. So, right. as long as I can make them happy, that's the goal. Um, at the end of the day, me and there we're just racers. We're not in this to, you know, get rich by any means. I mean, if, if at some point we can you know make this jump off into something else and and and, and you know make it a, a thing then that you know we're absolutely gonna try to do it but we're in it we're in it for the crowd we're in it for the races and we're in it for the track man just trying to just trying to bring the excitement back in 2021 yeah like and, hey uh, we all need so. it we
0: all needed it right 2020 we you know that was, we, we need this good stuff happening in 2021 and it i mean hey jp you're doing it um now your stuff is on the east coast so guys girls if you got a top sportsman ride i mean you got to check out and see if you can make one of those dates um out there on uh jnr promotions uh one of these events i mean JP, I appreciate you coming on. That is really, really good stuff. I always want to learn about Beretta's. So that's great for me. Um, I always want to learn about how people get started in it. And uh, I want to know about great stuff that has happened in the sport. And of course, I want breaking news. So this has turned into uh, one of the best interviews ever. So appreciate
1: you coming on. man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Oh, can I say one more thing? Because I'm gonna be remiss if i don't say this sure uh shout out to Tyler cross and the staff at pdra if you win my april 3rd race if you win my april 3rd top sports race you get a free entry into the pdra summer shootout july 15th through the 17th at virginia motorsports park you still have to qualify but you get a free entry if you win my race that's huge that's huge man i I appreciate them stepping out to help us out man because we 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 basically just some local yokers trying to you know, make a name for ourselves, and, and, and they, you know, that's what it's all about, everybody working together, and, and you know, we all kind of pull pulling from the same pool of cars, so if everybody works together and tries not to step on each other's dates when we can, and, and, and it just makes it good for everything. You yeah. Know, every, every, good for the tracks, good for the racers, good for the fans. So uh, I think the more door cars we can get off the sidelines, I think the better it'll be.
0: Completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. Now, listen, um, if people are now they're, they're like, Hey, I better go check this out now. Where, what's the best way to track you down, JP?
1: Uh, you can, I'm all over Facebook. It's JP Miller at Facebook on Facebook. Uh, J promotions on Facebook, Rondell Dow on Facebook. Um, we're all over Facebook. Uh, my contact information's all on there. You can message me on there. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, my my personal cell number is on the um, on the flyer, so you can call me, text me. Uh, if you call and I don't answer, leave a message because I, I I don't I have a full time job, too, so I'm kind of juggling all of this.
0: i was gonna say you're a busy <laughs> man for sure. You're a busy man. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's great. Um, well, uh, guys, girls, if you if you can go check out that race, uh, and JP, we wish you the best of luck uh, this season, both with. Your racing, and you know the promotional side of this.
1: Though we all,
0: we're all rooting for you. So thanks
1: for coming on. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, can I, can I say one more thing, real quick?
0: You're pushing your luck right now. You know that, but yeah, go ahead.
1: I, I know I, I am, but I got <laughs> I gotta get this out there. If you can't, if you can't attend, if you can't attend, follow NC Model on Facebook. He will be live streaming the race on April third, ah. and we're hoping to get him in June. And I know for a fact he will be on the property uh, in October. I'm sorry. I, I, I love just, it. I no, it. no, that's sorry. good.
0: I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding <laughs> you. No, no worries there. I love it. Uh, yeah, we get, that's the beauty of now having like Facebook live, you know, like people can watch from all across the country too. And it's, uh, you know, it's yeah. all readily available. That's good stuff. Guys, girls, that was JP Miller. If you need him, Today's half track report is brought to you by dragracelawyer.com. If you have any legal needs, questions, concerns, etc., you have to go to dragracelawyer.com. Ed Harney has been there. He's been in your shoes. He's helped me in the past, and he will help you. Do not forget dragracelawyer.com for all your high horsepower legal needs. Guys, we had some action in the NHRA version of uh, their division four event. First event of the year happened last weekend down at No Problem Raceway down in Louisiana. Um, And they got off to a really nice start. Um, On the top dragster side, there were 25 cars that showed up. 24 of those were in the sixes. So kind of a nice showing early in the year. And your number one qualifier, no no real shocker here. Ross Larice goes 6'12 with a three at 226 miles an hour to claim the top spot. Rusty Baxter was right there. He runs the identical uh, 6'12 with a three. Only he goes 223 miles an hour for the second spot. So nicely done to Ross and Rusty competing for that top spot man um that is uh, really nice work up there but ultimately it was David Johns in the final over Aaron Stanfield and this guys and girls was a great race they were both dialed 620 in the final so it's heads up Johns is 24 on the tree to Stanfield slightly better 22. David John gets there dead for just beating Stanfield's 21 with a one. Um, So David Johns gets there by five thou for the win in his first Wally. So man, what a great event to kick that thing off. You guys uh, had great qualifying. You had a phenomenal final round. Man, the guy's going 220 miles an hour, you know, competing five thou to stripe. That is great, great stuff. And the top sportsman guys uh, were just as good. Uh, They had 13 cars shows up. Bob Galetti. Um, Goes number one in his 67 Shelby. He goes 638.9 at 219 miles an hour. But your winner was Darian Bosch over Glenn Wright. And um, it looks like Glenn had a mechanical issue. And Darian Bosch just continues right where he lofted off in 2020. Um, So what we've had is we've had both reigning national champions... Darian Bosch in Top Sportsman and Anthony Bertozzi in Top Dragster have started their seasons with a win. They are champs for a reason, and it looks like they want to keep those number ones on the scoop for another year. So we'll keep an eye on both of those guys as the season goes along. But uh, they are puffing their chest out right now saying we are the champs. If you want this scoop number, you better come and take it from us because we are not giving it away. All right. um, Next week, I'll bring you the results from the NHRA Division II event in Gainesville, the Baby Gators. And also, I'll bring you the uh, results from the World Door Slammer Nationals uh, at Orlando Speed World, where the top sportsman guys are getting after it for 10 stacks. Um, and I should have some good info uh, for you guys on that one because I am getting out of what seems like the last little bit of winter here in Indiana, and I'm going to go check that one out in person, so stay tuned. Whoa, let's get out of the groove here for just a minute, Um, and this past weekend was the infamous Duck Promotions lights out 12 in Georgia, where the world's baddest small tire and heads up cars got down to start the season. And it did not disappoint. Yes, there were records broken and parts put to the test. Uh, Jason Lee clocked a 3.502 in radio versus the world trim to set a new almost unbelievable record for that class. But to me, the most amazing thing that happened over the weekend was this. Tim Slavens, in his Wolverine 2.0 Twin Turbo 69 Camaro in Pro 275 absolutely took flight on a pass during Wednesday's session. And I want to stop right there because what I think you heard me say was that Tim Slavens made a really nice pass maybe pulled the front wheels up in the air and that he would be happy when he pulls the data off the recorder. What I said was Tim Slavens took flight. The car at mid-track left the planet earth like it had asked for and received permission to buzz the tower. All four tires were eight plus feet off the ground and it easily could have cleared the wall Just like one of those horses that prances around and jumps the walls uh, in competition but luckily it wasn't going towards the wall and it mostly stayed in the middle of the track and came down on all four wheels and stayed out of the wall and the competitor in the other lane the video itself is amazing uh, but what happened next was even more spectacular tim and his wolverine crew took that car that had essentially just been dropped off a lift at 150 miles an hour, went to work. Seemingly, everyone in the pit put their capes on, became superheroes like it was the Avengers Endgame. There really, really, truly isn't any way to believe this other than to look at the qualifying sheet the next day and see that Tim made a pass down the very same track with the same Wolverine 69 Camaro. I mean, it's truly amazing. So hats off to Tim Slavens, his Wolverine 2.0 crew, and the guts to put this thing back in the beam so quickly after impersonating a drone the day before. This is just me here, but uh, you got to be a little bit crazy, I think, to do what those guys do on the small tires that they do it with but give them credit. They absolutely hustle and they absolutely put on a show. Okay, as we hit the mile per hour cone today, on with us now, originally from Illinois, but now residing in Clayton, North Carolina. A guy who won the Mega Bucks race at Gateway International long time ago um, at the early age of 17, which was a huge win. I can attest to that. Um, he's also the host of Going Bracket Racing. On with us now, Casey Beckmeyer. Casey, how's it going today, man?
2: So far, so good, man. Sun's out actually for once and uh, maybe some of that crappy weather has has passed finally and maybe we're getting a little bit closer to Being warm every day. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: It kind of feels that way, right? Um, I don't know about, you know, we're in North Carolina, but here in Indiana, it feels that way. And that is, puts me in a good mood. Exactly.
2: That's that's the same way I feel, man. I just, I hate it whenever it's dreary outside. I just, I feel like, just like you said, I feel like I'm in a bad mood whenever it's dreary. I'm, I'm just meant to be outside in the sun
0: yeah and if you're anything like me i don't need any more help to be in a bad mood so uh you know when i you know the winter time isn't good for me but uh hey let's talk a little racing and we're gonna get to going bracket racing your channel and and everything you do there in a minute but before we do that i mean how did you get into this thing i know uh talk a little bit about growing up and how you got so excited and involved in bracket racing
2: Uh, Well, my old man's probably been racing at this point for, I don't know, maybe 45 years now or so. Uh, So you really talk about drag racing being in your blood. That's pretty much me. Uh, I think my mom said she had me at I-57 whenever I was maybe, I don't know, a few months old. I can't really remember a time that I wasn't at the racetrack or at least somehow involved in drag racing. Um, I was one of the first generations of junior dragster racers back in the late 90s. I can remember whenever NHRA changed the rules where you could go 790 with your sweet new Blockzilla. That was like the, the great <laughs> neatest, greatest thing that ever came out. And I guess that would be similar to like, you know, saying to these these kids nowadays, something like that's probably similar to someone like Kepner telling us about him remembering when Big Daddy went two fifty and set the world on fire, where we're sitting here and we're like, well top dragsters can do that and they just drive right back. But right. Yeah, pretty much, man. Drag racing has has always uh been the route that uh I was destined to be on, I guess.
0: Yeah, and um that that was growing up in uh southern Illinois, is that right?
2: Yeah, Southern Illinois is a little town called Hoyleton. That's where I grew up. It might be like 250 people, but uh, Mount Vernon, Illinois—that's people kind of know where that is. Where 57, 64 intersect. Uh, my dad was a diesel mechanic at that truck center's there for years and years and years, and uh, now he's retired, and now he works on race cars every day.
0: And and he's he's building one, right? If I remember right, he's building a Top sportsman car.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's building a '69 uh, Chevelle Top Sportsman car. Uh, he built the entire chassis. Bought a kit from McCoy, um, welded everything together. It's been like a five-year project. You know, we're just we're just a bunch of farmers, man. So we don't have a whole lot of money to buy the chassis. We got to do it ourselves. But dad, uh, that's uh, you know that's kind of the crown jewel to everything he's done over the years. He's built a lot of race cars and worked on a lot of race cars, but uh, this one is. Uh, I would say probably his crown jewel of the whole deal. It should have a 555 Pro Charge motor in it. Uh, We're hoping if all goes well, maybe we'll be shaking that down in maybe June or July or so. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I like
0: it. I like it. Well, I could be easily diverted um, to talk more about that ride. But uh, what I really want to talk to you about is a little more about you about uh, your involvement with bracket racing in general. Um, talk us through, talk us through a little bit about, about what you drive now and kind of what your you know a typical race schedule looks like for you.
2: So I'm always jumping around cars. Uh, I started out with the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel uh, with a O2. Uh, well, there's some discrepancy in there, but it was either a '99 or an 2 Danny didn't have uh, tags on it, I guess, at that time. Uh, Danny Nelson slip joint hardtail car I bought it out of I think it actually came out of Terre Haute Uh, I sent my dad over there well Mark his buddy bought it and then I bought it from Mark and then long story short I took the motor and transmission out of that now I have a 71 Nova which I like way better it's just a lot easier to race by yourself it's got a 468 in it uh, 6.0, 16s. that's about what it runs. But uh, I'm more of a local track racer. I always kind of have been. Um, I'd like to attend some of these big money races one of these days, but the wallet won't allow it on my own dime. So uh, i got to win some money. And uh, I'd really like to attend one of these SFG races or a Fling series or something like a Great American or a loose rocker race. But if not, I pretty much intend to run around a lot uh kinston coastal plains piedmont basically all north carolina tracks but uh i mean galat is such a great facility and has such great weekly program races um you can't really shake a stick at them man you can't really even call them normal races because for 180 dollars you get to run two five granders for their weekly points program last week they had yeah they had 360 cars there last week and i'm they upped the top bowl purse to like seven grand to win because they had extra cars. They just gave back to the racers, and I think they paid back sixty-four spots. And then they even paid Footbrake four grand, from what I heard.
0: That's really cool. But I, you, sh- you mentioned you said that you don't run a lot of big dollar bracket races. But I, and I mentioned it on the intro. Um, you know the mega buck stuff at Gateway or. Or worldwide technology, whatever it, I mean, it's always going to be a gateway to me. But uh, yeah. when you when you won Megabucks back in the day, that was one of the very few big dollar bracket races that there were. So um, you know you you mentioned you don't go too much now, but I mean you've won big events in that in that arena before
2: right and uh actually the uh i would say that's probably one of my proudest moments because i had a pretty successful junior dragster career and it's always kind of you know there's for example there's kids that perform well in college they get drafted to the nba or the nfl and then they kind of fizzle out and uh that kind of proved to everybody that i was kind of there to stay and i was actually in the finals the the following Bucks when i was 18 And like you said, I mean, that was back before big money race. I mean, that might have, I don't know if Moroso was still around then. Obviously the original million was, but I mean, that was a race where like I got to race with the folks, uh, Charlie Hama, Kenny Underwood, the Williams brothers, Danny Nelson, Buddy Farrell, like all the, all the heroes of the bracket racing sport. Uh, So that really still means a lot to me, even though I'm 34 and haven't really made a lot of noise since then. But I also had to take 10 years off to chase a career to get to the point where, I could even do this again you know sure uh, sure
1: yeah so hopefully no. we
2: get back to that one of these days
0: no that makes a lot of sense and when you say you're get back into it you got back into it with a big way i mean uh you got back into it with um you know a youtube channel and a really um a great uh, product i like to check out called going bracket racing talk about that
2: um, well basically the purpose of the golden bracket racing YouTube channel is kind of to give the average racer an idea of how things work and how to maintain your race car. Um, if you're, for example, if you're wondering how, how does a Holly carburetor work or like I just bought this new car, uh, you know, and it weighs 3000 pounds and I just sold my dragster, which was probably 1500 pounds. What, what should I even set the tire pressure at? Where should I start? Sure. That's the type of information you find on the golden bracket racing YouTube channel. And, uh, I'd say the overall goal in the future is kind of to have an encyclopedia of how-to videos of, you know, where if you have a problem in your shop or at the track, maybe you can go to the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel, find a walkthrough of it, at least get yourself started in the right direction. But uh, what we've kind of been trying to lean towards as well and are intending to do it in the future is we're also trying to promote the little guy, both the racer and the businessman. But, uh, you know, for example, if there's a guy who has a business that's in the motor sports industry and you're, you're just starting out or, uh, or maybe you don't have a lot of money to take out and add a national dragster or sponsor a race to get your name out there, but you believe in your product and you believe it can help the racers, the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel is a great platform where we can maybe get you on a live stream, talk to our audience and, uh, you know, get their questions answered and get your product out in front of the racers that you want to sell stuff to.
0: Well, that is the beauty of YouTube, um, you know, Facebook, podcasting, all this stuff has gotten a lot cheaper. You can reach a lot of people um, for you know, not nearly the cost that you did, say, 15, 20 years ago. It's, it, it's really cool like that. But uh, you know, what I, I've found really fascinating was, and, and your point is dead on, um, when we're trying to get new people involved with the sport, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of action a lot of ways this thing can go wrong. Uh, these are not minor investments. And so to have someone if it's not someone like um, what you and I had, which was our dad teaching us, hey, here's how this works, here's how that works um, then then how, how do you start right? you have to you have to reach on to someone and having something like going bracket racing there is uh, is really valuable in my opinion.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of what George and I decided when we first started doing bracket racing was, uh, you know, we just, we, we didn't really realize until we moved away how lucky we were to be able to just call our dads and be like, Hey man, what do I do? You know, like I have no idea what to do. They all had to learn the hard way. We don't necessarily have to learn the hard way, but there are a lot of people out there learning the hard way right now. And, stuff is so much, like, you can't just go to a junkyard and pull some parts out after you break the ones you had for, you know, a hundred bucks or something. I mean, some of this stuff, I mean, you can't get a crank shaft for a hundred bucks, you know what I mean? Right. So yep. uh, we just, we don't want people to fall on hard times that are in their, you know, twenties and thirties and then just quit altogether. Because at the end of the day, I say this in almost every live stream we've had, if there's nobody to race it doesn't matter how nice your race car is or or what you have or how good of a racer you are because if all the tracks shut down then you have nothing to do anymore
0: right i completely agree yeah and that's why i love um that you guys have focused on people that you know um are just starting out or you know just have what we would consider a lot of people would consider basic questions but but that's a market as this thing continues to go. If we expect to be able to, uh, you know, hand down our cars to our sons and daughters, grandkids, et cetera, uh, we got to have someone to, to give that to. So, I mean, to me, it's it's very, very, very um, just important that there's somebody out there like you doing that. So tell us uh, what, you know, what a normal, a normal schedule of uh items that you talk about during the week could be? I know you guys have a pretty busy schedule.
2: Yeah. um, Basically what we try to do is we, we in the off season, we tried to do a lot of how to's and uh, what we've been trying to lean towards now is uh, we've been doing a lot more live streams. Um, And basically what we found is it's been a great way to allow our audience to interact with each other uh, and as well as us, but a lot of times we have topics such as like, you know, things people are always talking about in the bracket racing community. Do you like or do you dislike True Start? Why? Uh, you know, how hate about hate on a time slip.
0: Hate True <laughs> Start. Hate. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. go on. You, that's not what we're going to talk about. Go so, on.
2: That's, uh, uh, you know, what what does everybody think about house cars? That was a huge thing on Drag Race uh, Results Forum the other day. Uh, what about pre-entry? That was a huge deal over the winter. Uh, but all of these things are really important topics to bracket racers, and we feel like the Go on Bracket Racing YouTube channel is a great platform to try to give everybody a chance to get their voices heard and, and try to come to some sort of conclusion, whether these things are good or bad for bracket racing in general.
0: I gotcha. Yeah. So um, and you've built up a nice little community. What, uh, you've got, uh, what, almost 1,500 followers now? Is that correct?
2: Well, we have, uh, I think we just got over 400 subscribers to the YouTube channel last night during the live stream, and uh, wow. I believe we're we're well over 1,200 on the Facebook side of things now. So, and then I, Instagram, I mean, I don't really pay a lot of attention to it, but I think it's in the 700s as well
0: yeah well uh casey everybody's on TikTok now so that's what you got to do you got to get on TikTok, and you'll have <laughs> a billion followers um you know for sure but uh, um no that's that's great stuff um i i would highly encourage everybody one of our listeners just to go check out going bracket racing i think um you know it it is like casey said good for the sport it's it's good for another thing just to help everybody continue to grow the sport and um, I, I'm really excited for what you guys have done and what you guys will continue to do um, with, over there at Going Bracket Racing. Um, Casey, if people are trying to check you out, what do, what do they do? Where do they go and what do they search for?
2: I'd say the best, uh, the best way to learn about the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel is, first of all, visit the YouTube channel that's Going Bracket Racing. I don't say it right. I grew up in the country, G-O-I-N-G, <laughs> Bracket Racing, with the G also. I know i don't say it right i get made fun of all the time but uh you know if you like what you see definitely hit the subscribe button man because this way you'll be notified when going bracket racing goes live or uploads a video we currently go live every tuesday at five eastern or four central um you know we also obviously we have the facebook page like we were talking about called going bracket racing Um, that's where a lot of information ends up as far as reminders like when we're going live races topics etc and if you'd like to send us a message on there or if you'd like to send us an email uh, it's just going bracket racing at gmail.com is the email address george or i Uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we can Uh, if you have any topics in mind i mean or if you want to know something in particular definitely get a hold of us we'll respond to you typically that day and we'll get somebody you know involved if we have to
0: yeah, we should talk a little bit about your partner real quick. Um, I know his dad very well. His um, dad and my dad have raced together. It's one of these small worlds. I didn't know uh, you at all, Casey. And then, you know, as I got to know a little bit more about your channel and uh, going bracket racing, then, you know, you and I connected. And then uh, your partner, George, um, is, is uh, very knowledgeable as well. And I, I know he comes from, you know, he's good people as well. So maybe talk about your partner just real briefly as well.
2: Yeah, George and I, we've basically known each other pretty much our entire lives. I mean, our dads have been racing together probably since we've been born. But George and I basically grew up at, like you said, I'm going to always call it Gateway, you know. and uh, And it is what it is. That's just too long of a name, worldwide technologies, et cetera, et cetera, you know. But, uh, but George and I basically grew up out there. And long story short, we actually reconnected George a couple years older than me whenever I was in college. I went to college in Edwardsville and george one day at the track goes hey man you going to college now where are you going and i was like well i'm going to FIU. and he goes oh man where are you living at i was like oh over here and everybody goes man i live right down the road from you we got to hang out and then ever since then man we pretty much talked every day ever since then
0: that's uh Uh, you know how
2: drag racers are
0: yeah we're best friends now let's go that's exactly how it works right yeah no that that's good um well you guys you guys do a very nice job and uh you know uh, keep that thing rolling over there because i think it is it's really really important for the sport to get new blood in this thing and i think if they have a resource and a place to go to you know if they're struggling um, you know nobody wants to get their head kicked in every week and not know why it's one thing you go oh i can fix that and i can i can get better if you don't know why man this this can demoralize you pretty quick so um well done with what you guys do over there and um you know keep it rolling man for all of us
2: yeah thanks man i really appreciate you having me on and uh you know maybe one of these days dad will get that top sportsman car uh together and uh, maybe we can talk about that in the future
0: when he's the second he's done let me know you guys come back on talk all about it
2: awesome man i appreciate it
0: uh, casey thanks for coming on brother um really enjoy what you're doing keep it rolling over there guys girls that is casey beckmeyer from going bracket racing if you need him, all right let's bring this thing back in let's take a peek in the other lane let's do it let's take the stripe guys girls that is the show and it is time to pull the shoots on episode number 63 there it is there is the wind light and uh chris give me some gloria baby i like it um guys girl we had Another great week this week. Started the season off strong, I think. Um, first of all, we had no Roadster Talk, so that's always good. We talked about electric cars, cars that could fly, and had two guys on that were really putting their hearts into making this sport better, and I really appreciate those guys. JP Miller, a top sportsman, racer, and promoter um, out of Virginia, and then Casey Beckmeyer, of going bracket racing. Those two guys were great, I thought. Um, so, hey, uh, if you have comments, questions, or curse words for me, you know that there are three ways to get at me. First of all, you can hit the Facebook page using Messenger. Second, you can track me down in Orlando this weekend, or you can use the email fast at outlook.com. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please keep the rubber side down and travel safe. question for you go ahead
2: Would roadster be
0: better if it was electric <clears throat> um chris you're new here so i'm gonna try to take it easy on you but um you're you're gonna get on my bad side if you start talking that nonsense about making
1: uh, an electric roadster this is not gonna end well